0: Ireland's Class Kids Radio. It's Trina Mara here and a man you will know so well because we play his music all the time here in this radio station. Paul Young, you're very welcome.
1: Uh, thank you. Very nice to be on.
0: Oh, thanks, Emil, for coming on. Do you know, I was just thinking this time of year is a perfect time almost to talk to you because didn't you do the very first line of Do They Know It's Christmas? I'm right in that, am I? Yes. Oh, yeah. I did. Let's have a little listen, Paul, while, while we're here. <laughs> oh.
1: Christmas time There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time We let it
0: to be honest now, Paul, there's no song more iconic than that. Sure, there's not.
1: Yeah, I'm beginning to think so as well because it's never gone away in years.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> sure, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Do you like to still hear it on the radio or does it drive you mad when people, people talk about
1: it? Oh, no, I mean, uh, when I'm out and about, at Christmas in shops and things like that. When it comes on, sometimes I don't notice until it's halfway through and then I go, oh, there it is, you know. Yeah. But it's always on somewhere.
0: I think, um, you know, our generation, we're, we're just fascinated. The event that unfolded on that particular day, getting so many massive artists together, how it all came together is kind of a miracle in a way. But um, it's an amazing thing to have been part of.
1: It is, yeah. And I find it amazing. I mean, sometimes I think people have, like, just their finest moment, you know, and, and for, uh, for Bob and for Mitch as well, you know, it was just an incredible amount of organisation, for one, for the record, and then for Live Aid, you know, it's just almost impossible to think about. Now, obviously, loads of other people got involved and helped the thing along, you know, promoters around the world, or but it's, such a massive and, and groundbreaking thing.
0: And I think there was a lot of people who didn't do it, who, who didn't get involved and then regretted later when they realised what it actually was. Because I'm sure you get requests all the time to do this project and that project and you're like, you have to decline some things. But this is one that uh, I'm sure anyone who, who did uh, feature on that song was very happy not to have declined.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. It was one of those things, it was quite timely, for me because I'd I'd only got one successful album at this point so I was probably, in terms of success, mine was probably the newest and, um, so i I've obviously getting used to being a kind of a public figure and a pop star, really.
0: Yeah, because people when they when they when they listen to that track on the radio, they're trying to figure out who's who, who's doing which line, aren't they? So it was, you were first, and I think Boy George is straight after you, if if my memory serves me right. I'm trying to think of the video right, now yeah. as well. Yeah. So on that day, yep. were there egos on that day, or was everyone just kind of getting together and just like, let's do this?
1: Uh, yeah, it was. It was very much uh, the, the, there. Were no egos at all. British, I don't yeah. think you'll find I think you'll find that in the, the UK egos never really get in the way you see it happen a lot more in America you know they're mm-hmm. a lot more gung-ho um, but the British are quite reticent I guess yeah probably like the, the yeah. Irish
0: probably like the Irish the Irish mummy will never let the head get too big
1: <laughs> yeah bring,
0: bring you down to earth very fairly quickly
1: <laughs> yes yeah so you know everybody was amiable enough and um, it was nice for me because I got to know a few people that like, like you. I've only seen them
0: on TV. You're around again, I guess. We're talking to you today because you're going to be touring and you're coming to Ireland. So I'm going to give you those dates uh, in just a few minutes. But, I mean, take us back to that debut solo album. Did you know back then that you were going to be, because it's always kind of risky, isn't it, when you go solo? People never know <laughs> how people are, the public are going to take them but it, it sure worked for you. Take us back to, to when you released that. Were you were you anxious at the time at all?
1: Um, no, I was pretty foolhardy. I'd got a lot of confidence. I'd only got confidence in the fact that I thought I was, once I got underway anyway, I thought this is going to be a really good record uh, and I don't know if it will sell or not. You know? But then back then I was thinking, well, if they don't understand it, then they're fools. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I, I was young and stupid enough to think like that. You know, but um, But then when it did become, so successful, and even musicians that were above me, you know, were saying that musically it's very good as well. It's not just pop records, you know. And I went, how how on earth did I manage to do that, you know? But I think it was working with the right people at the right time. Uh, Ian stayed with me from the Q-Tips, and he was musically very good. And then um, Laurie Latham, the producer, came in from a, a, more of a left field angle. He'd always liked indie pop and things like that. So. So putting the three of us together, it just worked.
0: You have such a distinctive singing voice though, Paul. You'd know your voice straight off. And I think what happens now in music is that everyone sounds the same. That's the problem now. Uh, uh, I sound 100 years of age saying that, but I do believe that.
1: Yeah, you're not alone. I do tend to think that. The thing is, they're they're all schooled musically or vocally, you know, in pretty much the same way. And uh, you think... As it became easier and easier to make music, and so many people are making music now, that the diversity would be massive. But, uh, and it is, but until you come to pop music and then everybody's following the same avenue, you know, how many Ed Sheeran's can there be? Mm, I know, I know. There I are know. so many. <laughs> and I just heard one at breakfast this morning. Thought, is that Ed, Ed Sheeran? No, it's not. It might as well be, you know, because there's very little room for uh, creativity.
0: So when you were doing your thing, then the solo thing back in the early '80s, were you given kind of the freedom to develop, to have your own sound that you didn't have like record labels telling you know you need to you need to go in this direction? Did you have that creative control? Because I mean, the songs were just yeah.
1: gorgeous. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, well, what happened was I signed a contract, and then straight away we realised that we were talking from two different pages because the first meeting we had once I'd signed was, okay, we're going to get the greatest musicians and put the greatest old band around you and then we'll make the best kind of British soul album. And I went, that's not, that's not what I want to make. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then we had a discussion. And uh, first of all, they put me into a studio uh, that will tell us what you mean. Then. And so, well, first of all, I said, I want to make pop, perfect pop music, like Who um, We like Within the Moonlight by Dollar and things like that. And they were. What? Really? That's you funny. I only, um, I only
0: talked about Taylor on the show yesterday. It's funny you've mentioned them.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that, that was a production by, of Trevor Horn. And I actually said to the record company, I want to be produced by Trevor Horn. And his fee was so massive, they point blank refused to pay. So I had to go and do some demos. Because they said, show, show us the kind of thing that you're talking about. So I did a couple of demos. I mean, one was, everything was changed. which actually ended up on the second album. But um, because when I made my first album, I didn't think my songs were strong enough. But then I went back to everything was changed and thought, no, that's a good song. And, um, And so it came about like that really.
0: Some of the songs now that we play a lot I'll give you a list of some of the ones that we would play a lot we play Wherever I Lay My Hat we'd play Love of the Common People we play Come Back and Stay Every Time You Go Away do you have one that you still really just love that you can't go wrong with the crowd you can't go wrong with any of them really when it comes to playing to a live audience
1: Yeah well I, I, I guess I'd have to say every time you go away from a worldwide point of view because yeah. it was the one that finally got to number one in America So, and it still did well Europe and, and, uh, and all of the other countries where I was already well known. And also Japan was the final country after America, you know, when it went to number one. And then I pretty much got most of the world in my pocket by that point. You know, And uh, it's great to be able to then travel to those places. That was unforeseen. Well, it was something I never thought about until I started getting hit. And then music took me around the world and I... I save it every moment
0: It's actually such an achievement to go to number one in America isn't it? Sounds crazy saying this I was literally looking at a globe the other day and I was trying to point out to my six year old daughter I was trying to show her where Ireland is on the globe and where America is and she couldn't believe the size of America So when you think of your number one in America like it's huge isn't it?
1: It is huge I mean, there were bands like Dire Straits that were massive, you know, but their kind of music was almost tailor-made for America, and you can see why they did so, so well, and they were really on top of their game. Uh, but... For me, I used to being a solo artist, I like to chop and change and move around and try different styles and things like that. And the Americans were climbing the walls going, Look, we can't categorize you. So therefore one radio station will play that single, but they won't play the following one because it's too rocky and hard for them, you know. Yeah. I just thought, Oh, why do I have to do record where everything sounds the same so i always what i like to try and do what i hope i do is that when i put an album out people think i wonder what it's going to sound like Mm. were you difficult paul now
0: were you difficult to work with would you say (laughs) yes (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) i'm easy going with musicians i always get him in and i say what would you play you know just get a feel for the song you know so i never dictated but then If I didn't like it, I would say, no, I think I prefer my part. Can you play this, please? So in that way, I'd be quite easy going. But when it came to choices for singles and things like that, I'd get downright shirty.
0: Yes, yes, slam the door till you get what you want. You're right, you're right to do a pop- yes. Absolutely. The Brit Awards as well, you won Best Male in 1985 at the Brit Awards, which is, like, I think those kind of award shows, yeah, they're lovely to watch, but they, they can help boost your profile as well. And um, you also toured with Genesis on the, the Invisible Touch tour. What was that like? Because I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Phil Collins' and Genesis as well.
1: Oh, really? Um, yeah. yeah. That was great fun. I mean, the main reason we did it was because of America. I was having success in America. i would got every time you go away in the pocket. Uh, But then they were still complaining that they couldn't categorize me because the rest of the album was not like every time you go away. And so I thought that, well, my manager thought, you need to be marketed more as a rock act, and they don't see that. So maybe make an album that's rockier, and let's get you out on the road with a bigger band, you know, uh, so that you can get into some stadiums. So we took that tour with Genesis. We said, can we only do America? Because I didn't need to do it in Europe. But I said, no, you've got to do the world tour or nothing. You know, so I remember inviting some Italian friends to the show. And they said, why are you supporting Genesis? Because they are. But I wasn't in America. You know, that. Uh-huh. That, that was the point.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was looking at um, some of the, the, the videos last night and the big hair that you had,
1: <laughs> Paul well, Oh,
0: God, the hair was out of control, wasn't it? But um, some of the songs that that came back to me as well, I mean, I hadn't heard the song Oh Girl in Donkeys and I remembered every single lyric. I'm sure you never forget uh, the lyrics, do you, to, to your music? Or do you? Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, very, very, very rarely. What um, is it
0: about? Like, I can't remember what I've walked into a room for but I remember songs from 30 years ago, longer even.
1: Yes, that is the thing. Um, that is one thing that all my friends will always say about me. You know, they say, actually, Paul never forgets words. I'm doing seven shows on the trot at the moment with my other band, Lost Peck and uh I did forget the words to one verse the other day, but that's because I think we're just getting tired.
0: Yes, yeah, seven, I know.
1: Seven days with no day off. Oh, you know. that's
0: too much, that's too much. Can I just take you back, Paul, to when you were surprised by Michael Aspel on This Is Your Life? Had you no clue that this was happening?
1: No, not at all. I'm so gullible, anyone can take me in. Uh, No, I had that thing called Gotcha, I think it was, where they'd uh, set you up and you'd be trying to do something and it would keep going wrong. And you know, loads of people, they'd done it on other people, they'd all lose their temper. You know, people were walking the camera while they were trying to film me and... Someone would come along with an ice cream stand and put it up. It was all set up, you know, and they kept apologising. I'm sorry this is happening, Paul. I said, that's OK. You know, maybe they didn't know. That. I was making excuses <laughs> for the people that were set up to annoy me.
0: <laughs> and you wouldn't lose the rag at all. You, you, you keep No, say, say,
1: oh, but when I do, when I do, though, it's absolutely crazy.
0: Right. So it's it's zero to 100 in seconds, is it?
1: I, well, yeah, well, well, you know how children can do it. <laughs> and I can put up with it for so long, but when I lose it, I lose it, and then they go, "Oh
0: my oh. God,
1: we've upset Dad."
0: Yeah, he means we've business done now.
1: <laughs> really bad. But so
0: the the whole "This is your life" thing—I'd say all your friends, like all your friends and family, would have been telling lies to you the whole time. You must have been like, yes. "Imagine bareface lies." You didn't even that's realize bad, it.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, it's a great thing. To, uh, that's a, that was a great show, actually. I wish it was still on the telly. It'd be a great one, actually, to watch that yeah, again.
1: Yeah, yes. I enjoy it too because you get to see other people and hear stories about how they got to know each other. And things. I, I used to love it when I was young. It
0: was yeah, because isn't Tony Hadley from Spandau one of your pals too?
1: Yeah, yeah, he made a video for me. Yeah, he was away um, singing to the troops, I think. So he couldn't do it or he couldn't get there, but he sent in a message but then my heroes did Chaka Khan and Bobby Womack you know, and that was great. For yeah.
0: Me. There is that question I guess, you know, when you're Paul Young, who's it that you're kind of starstruck by or looking up to yourself because so many people enjoy what you do. So the likes of Chaka Khan.
1: Yeah, that's it. And, um yeah, cause I ended up uh, I did a duet with her on on the fourth album 1990. Mm. Uh, it's a beautiful track. Um and she liked what I'd done and she she was up for it and um and so to get that recognition, he's a wonderful I think.
0: You performed with George
1: Michael too, didn't you? Yes, I did, yeah. Was yeah. he a nice
0: guy? I hear We heard all these lovely stories about George after his passing, about how he'd helped so many people. Like um, I think on This Morning <laughs> they were talking about how he paid for uh, a viewer's IVF treatment and, and all these things that people never knew. I mean, you find out all these stories after the person dies, don't you?
1: Yeah, because he wanted him kept quiet. He mm. was always very generous. Yeah. Really nice guy. He was very, very nice.
0: So, Paul, you've got a new memoir and you've got this tour. So you're going to be at the uh, the Cork Opera House in February, the 27th of February. Then you're going to do University Concert Hall in Limerick on the 28th, which is the Wednesday. And then you're here in Dublin at the Three Olympia Theatre on the 29th of February. A fully seated show. This is going to be amazing. So so what, what songs can we... Are you going to be kind of covering the whole catalogue? Or well Well, you can't fit them all in, but do you know what I mean? It's not going to be a case of uh, here's a brand new track where we never hear your older stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always joke that one. Uh, no, I'll, I'll put a couple of songs in from the new album and uh, revamp a few of the others. But um, it's 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 very much the the usual live show. But we'll just be adding a couple of the recent ones in. It's good because so far. I haven't toured this album other than it's not quite a memoir as such it's it's like a coffee table book that covers the the 10 sort of busiest years of my life you know and yeah. so I was touring that with questions answers interviews a few acoustic songs but this is the first time I've had the chance to actually play my new songs with, with my band you know, which is great
0: So the new album is Behind the Lens and yeah no it would be absolutely it would be a crime if you didn't do the older stuff Will you do send some Adana for me on the night <laughs> I'm putting in my request now ahead of your show in Dublin Ah uh, yeah
1: Yeah that's in there
0: <laughs> Oh lovely Oh lovely lovely. Paul thanks so much for coming on to the show it's been great having you and we'll continue to play your music everyone enjoys it so much in this radio station thanks so much and have a lovely Christmas
1: Thank you and you too